0: Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Jerry Kaligas. I thank you for listening to our show today. I also thank those listening via the internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Again, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hope you're having a wonderful Christmas Day. And again, I thank you for tuning in to, this, to the Best of Times Radio Hour on, your, on this particular Christmas Day. Before we talk about the most popular Christmas stories of the past, I thought I'd give our uh, radio show listeners some trivia facts about Christmas, so if you're gathering around family and friends, that you can uh, challenge them to answers to these particular questions. First of all, Christmas Day is December the 25th, but how did this commemoration date of the birth of Jesus come about? The Actually, the date of Jesus' birth is not really known, but Church Father's in the late 14th, 4th, excuse me, 4th century, fixed the day at a most convenient time around a pagan festival. The Christian priests decided to change the rough pagan celebrations that occurred on December 25th to be more civilized and to commemorate the birth of Jesus. The first mention of the birthday of Jesus Christ was not mentioned until the year three. 3- 354 A.D. Birthday celebrations were not very common in the time of Jesus. So that is one reason why it took many, many years before um, the the celebration of Christmas Day was on December the 25th to commemorate the birth of Jesus Christ. Where does the word Christmas originate? You hear a lot of people say Christmas, but a lot of people really don't know. It, It is both English and a northern European Protestant celebration of Christmas. And why it mentions Christmas is because Christmas Eve celebration at midnight. In keeping with more ancient Roman Catholic practice of midnight Christmas math as well as Orthodox uh, uh, mass or liturgies that took place at midnight. And that's where we get the name Christmas. Where did the Christmas tree originate. It actually came from Germany and Scandinavian countries, where evergreens were very part of of the, the winter solstice. But Christians adopted the trees and decorated them with lights and candles to represent eternal life in the light of Jesus Christ. You've heard the term Santa Claus, and so where did the word Santa Claus come from? What actually is a blending of Saint Nicholas, who was remembered by Dutch Protestants who came to America, but actually St. Nicholas was a bishop in the 4th century, in uh, part of Mira, part of Turkey, was known for giving gifts to the poor, which is a traditional feast day on December the 6th. In 1882, the famous uh, poet laureate, Clement Moore, composed a poem A Visit from St. Nick, which was later published as the more, more famous I night before Christmas. Moore is credited with creating the modern image of Santa Claus as a jolly man in that red suit. What about that famous nativity scene that so many think that was an American idea? Well, actually, it was not an American idea. It actually came from Italy and France. Uh, And it originated back in the 11th century A.D. Uh, Interestingly enough, there are Special factories even today and shops in Naples and many other parts of Italy that make very unique handmade nativity scenes and are shipped all over the world. We hear about the discussion about the three wise men in the nativity scene arriving at the stable of Jesus' birth bringing gifts. There's a lot of controversy about this particular nativity scene. It's probably passed down from generation to generation, but if you use the biblical references, it's not true. Because the Bible in Matthew 2, 1 tells us not how many wise men, doesn't mention three, doesn't tell us their names, it it doesn't tell us how they made their journey, by either camels or by foot. It mentions the wise men arriving at a house, not a stable, and they saw the young child, not the baby. So it was years after the birth that the wise men visited Jesus and did bring gifts. We love Christmas lights on our trees in our yards, but do you know how they were invented? Actually, before lights, there were candles. And it was a source of great danger as many Christmas trees caused fires in homes throughout the area. And that's why many people who had Christmas trees with with uh, lit candles placed buckets and pails of water and sand all around those tr- trees to put out fires in case they were it happened. However, sometimes people were not quick enough to put out those particular files. So the idea of the Christmas tree lights was an invention of Ralph Morris, who was an employee with the New England Telephone Company in the year 1895. That's right, 1895. Mr. Morris saw that a string of lights was manufactured for use in the telephone switchboards located where he was working. He decided to take a couple strings of lights and placed them on his Christmas tree. And that's how it became a popular request of neighbors throughout his area to say could you get me a string of those particular lights? And that's how Christmas trees were lit by electronic lights as early as 1895. Another interesting term that's that's used in the Christmas season that many people find disrespectful, it is Xmas. You hear people say, well, don't use Xmas, you just state the word Christmas. And actually, it's an abbreviation for Christmas in the original Greek origin. The word Christ in Greek is Christos. So, in the 16th century, Europeans began, in, began using the first initial of Christ's name as X in place of the word Christ. Christmas. It actually was in the 16th century in the 1500s. So early Christians understood the X stood for Christ's name. And later, Christians who did not understand the Greek language mis- mistook Christmas as being paganistic or disrespectful. We'll be right back with more information about Christmas stories of the past. But now, word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to The Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130, KWKH. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Gary Kaligas. I thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those listening via the internet at www.kwkhonline.com Again, Merry Christmas to you and your family and friends and we do thank you for listening to our radio show today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour on Christmas Day. I hope you enjoyed the previous segment on the origins of certain Christmas traditions. Back in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, some Some of us can remember Christmas gifts and toys, whether you gave them to, you received them as a child or gave them to your children or grandchildren. Boy, there were lots of clothes for girls. Boys did hate clothes. When I was a young child, I remember getting some clothes and always throwing those boxes away. But people would give you those clothes and boys wanted the toys and girls liked the dolls and the clothes. And boys wanted to be boys and boys wanting to have boy things. That was the time where you didn't need a $3,000 computer or actually a degree in engineering to learn how to play with a toy or learn how to put the toy together. Uh, your kids, your grandkids, and others loved r- really any gift. Our toys were made of wood, steel, rubber, and that newfangled stuff back in the, back in the early 60s and 70s called plastic. Uh, today, people say, wow. You didn't have plastic? Likewise, many of them tell us, we didn't know you didn't have color television, my kids would say. Well, we had black and white, and very few of us had uh, black and white televisions, but eventually we got color televisions that were very rare in the area. And occasionally you had to go outside and and really enjoy the area, enjoy them, play with the games outside. And, you know, it, we didn't have video games, and, and there, were, there was no laser guns, and we just had the, the various pop guns and items. So you had to use your imagination a lot. And, but those were the days where the, some good toys were made strongly of again, wood, steel, and rubber and and uh, caught the imagination of both the parents, the grandparents, and, and, and even the kids. Before we talk about some of these unique toys, I, I thought I'd give our listeners a little bit of trivia. According to sources of national recognition, there have been a top 10 Christmas toy gifts of all times. And here they are, according to these experts, based upon surveys throughout the world, of Christmas toys being given to kids uh, from as far back as they could collect data. And this is going to go in order, just like David Letterman, from number 10 to number 1. The number 10 uh, highly sought after and given Christmas toy during Christmas time was Lego blocks. No matter the set, these have been a Christmas favorite for many, many years, and many kids loved and requested it and collected it. I remember when my kids were much younger that this was one of the most popular Christmas toys and items that we gave each one, each of the three of them, and they would come collect them and have cases for them and we would build different Lego um, um, building sets and accessories and I mean when they first came out they were extremely popular and they are still popular today uh, throughout the world that Lego blocks but it, but again it ranks number 10 in the top 10 order of Christmas toy gifts of all time number 9, the Hula Hoop yes, the Hula hoop was deemed as one of the most popular toys, though it was more expensive than original toys at that particular time. Kids loved it. Now and even back then, we're going to talk a little bit more in, in a brief segment about the hula hoop and the history behind it. Number eight is Barbie, the Barbie doll. Going on over 50 years, Barbie still looks good and one of the, is one of the top Christmas toys of all all time, but not the most uh, requested Christmas toys and given Christmas toys of all time. But it ranks number eight in the in the tenth, the ten top Christmas toys. Interestingly enough, we're gonna talk about Barbie in a minute, Barbie toys, but it Barbies sell at hundred and eight Barbies per minute throughout the world. The number 7th top Christmas toy gift of all time is the red wagon. Yes, I remember getting my first red wagon and I remember giving my kids their first red flyer wagon, the most popular, the classic red wagon that's still a gift for kids of all ages and many kids pass those uh, pass those down to their grand their kids and grandkids on down the line. Number 6. Yes, again we're talking about current Christmas toys and past Christmas toys, but video games have been the most popular, 6 most popular Christmas toy gifts of all time. It began with Pong. I don't know if you remember that particular game of Pong, and moved on to many, many other types of games from Atari to Nintendo to Xbox, etc., etc. Video games are more popular than ever, but they still in the in the hierarchy because they have not been out that many years, ranked number six in order of Christmas toy gifts of all time. Number five, Lionel Trains. Every child probably has a memory of getting one or two of these train sets. and I remember giving getting one from my parents when I was growing up, very young, at an early age, I believe about 9 or 10 years old, getting my first large train set and setting it up and being fascinated by it for years and years and ended up keeping it luckily and giving it to my kids who played with it for, for many years until we got them the latest greatest in uh, Lionel trains. It's still a very desirable gift by kids throughout the world. And again, it ranks five in the top ten Christmas toy gifts of all times. Interestingly enough, ranking number four is board games. Board games rank number four in the top ten Christmas gifts of all time. From Candy Lane to Memory, board games are some of the most popular Christmas toys even today. Even though they are now more electronic, still, board games are played by kids of all ages, especially the young and even some of the old. Risk, the game Risk is probably one of the most popular games of old children and still remains a very popular board game ranking number three in the list of ten top Christmas toy gifts of all time is the little people from Fisher Price. Yes, these little, little people have been around for many, many decades and they were a favorite of small children back then and even today. Number two in the rank of top Christmas toys, well, you'd be surprised it's the G.I. Joe. Yes, while this soldier has had its ups and downs over the years he is still on the top of the Christmas toy list. And of course, recent movies and other aspects, these toys are more than popular than ever with those boys wanting those G.I. Joe sets and action figures each sewed separately. And ranking number one of all Christmas toy gifts of all time is surprisingly the empty box. Yes, the low empty box. I can remember when my kids were growing up that they would have more fun with the empty box after Christmas morning. Can you imagine those particular boxes, big and small, that might have contained a humongous uh, writing toy, uh, etc., that they played with those particular boxes for hours and hours. And sometimes they were very sad when, when the moms or dads and grandpas and grandmas would throw away those empty boxes. The empty card box could be made into a fort and used with those particular boxes and played with the toys the Lego sets the G.I. Joe figures the little people and all the other popular gifts of Star Wars figures etc. So again number one in the ranking of Christmas toy gifts of all time according to all these experts throughout the world says the empty box yes that lowly empty box but let's start now on those very popular Christmas toys that you might receive or purchased for your kids or grandkids back in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. The first one I want to talk about is Mr. Potato Head. Originally, the features of Mr. Potato Head came in a bag, and you had to supply, of course, your own potato. There was plastic. There was noses and eyes and smiles and ears and caps and hair and feet and hands and mouth and a pipe and so forth. And so you had spikes on them to allow you to easily insert them into potatoes or other handy vegetables. The rest of the story about Mr. Potato Head, this toy was invented in 1949 by George Limmer, a toy inventor, as he remembered making dolls out of vegetables for his younger sisters to play with. So he invented this particular Mr. Potato Head. It was not popular when it first came out because people thought it was a waste of food. It was first started out as a prize in a cereal box. But Mr. Henry uh, and Merrill Hasenfield were operating a small business selling school supplies and some toys. And they liked that Mr. Potato Head and paid Mr. George Limmer $5,000 for him to uh, give them the rights to Mr. Potato Head. So the new Mr. Tomato Head was born on May 1st, 1952 and was a tremendous hit. Why was it a hit? Because it was one of the first toys to have extensive television ads. that began in 1952, debut the sales of Mr. Potato Head over one million units in the first year. The cost was only 98 cents. The Hasselfields venture became known as Hasbro Toys. The other interesting thing I remember about Mr. Potato Head, it made good weapons and you could play with your your family and friends. You could sneak them to school in your pockets. And, and, uh, you know, they were a little bit dangerous back then. The other interesting toy, I hope that you remember, and it's still around, is Play-Doh. It was a strange, odd-smelling, malleable substance that came in lots of colors. It came with molds that allow you to make up star-shaped patties and cylinders, and you can make a lot of things. Uh, you did, you know. Some people said they ate it, but you know, it didn't kill you, but it wasn't really good for you. It was actually invented in 1956. It was first a modeling clay, and it was invented only in white. And why was that? Because it was first to be used uh, to to model, but also to be used in in a way to to help remove items from a particular uh, uh, wallpaper. So, It was white. Then in 1957, many colors were started. And for many years, it was in a cardboard can. But these uh, were flimsy, and they rusted out. So the plastic can took many, many years later, about nine years, in 1986, where over 2 billion cans have been sold as of today, which equates to 7 million pounds of Play-Doh. Wow, that's a lot. Another interesting note about Play-Doh, though it was invented in 1956, it did not receive an official patent from the United States Patent Service until 10 years later, until 1965. Hasbro still owns the formula, and it is still a closely guarded secret. On September the 18th of each year, has celebrated National Play-Doh Day throughout the world. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130, KWKH. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour. I'm Gary Kligas. I thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those listening via the internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Hope you're having a Merry Christmas today. I do thank you for listening to our show today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We are talking now about the toys of the 50s, 60s, or 70s. Continuing our discussion, do you remember Silly Buddy? This is a silicon polymer that was invented by accident by GE scientists that were trying to come up with an improvement on rubber due to, due to the shortage during World War II. As GE could not come up with the use for it, they gave it to a toy store owner by the name of Ruth Flagler. She called it Bouncing Putty. But after one year, she decided not to market it any further as a toy because nobody was wanting to buy it. But she had a marketing manager known as Peter Hodgkin who liked it so much he took it from her and renamed it Silly Putty and packaged it in, yes, plastic eggs. When Neiman Marcus and many other stores started carrying it it. it was a tremendous hit. And when the New Yorker magazine wrote about it, an even bigger hit. Silly Putty was one of the first television commercials which aired in the 1950s for children. So, again, it was uh, very popular and a desired item. And it's still even known today that many people request and It's still around. Silly Putty was in Christmas stockings as early as the 1950s. And you remember that you could roll it into a ball, it would you could smash it down on, on the Sunday funnies, and you could you could pick up items around the house with it right here, a broken glass. But I do remember if you got it in a particular uh, sweater or uh, a particular shirt, it would be difficult to come out of. Remember the Super Bowl? wham unleashed this amazing sphere to the public in 1965. Seven million Wham-o Super Bowl were sold at just 98 cents during Christmas time in 1965. It was made of space age rubber that made it bounce higher and spectacularly higher and neater than any other ball around. Uh, black and white commercials on television would show you how to use it and it was invented by a uh, California scientist in his spare time, Norman Stingley, who invented this. Um, again, millions were sold and used by both children and adults and very few of the original Wammo Super Balls still exist. If you keep one, you need you need to keep it and possibly sell it in the future on eBay. Do you remember the electronic football game? I do remember that. It originated by the manufacturer Tudor in the year of 1947. Uh, there were no dice, spinner cards to determine action. Just sculptured little players that you could paint yourself, or came already painted, and you attached a decal or number to them. You would turn a switch, and it would vibrate all over the place, and uh, kids loved it. Boys loved it. Uh, I remember getting my first one and just being the head, of the head of the area of all the boys in the area. We'd come over and play it for years and years, and actually, I remember keeping that item uh, for many years, even when my kids were, um, my children were, were much younger. Uh, today, if you have an original electric foot game They're worth many, many thousands of dollars. The hula hoop is another one we need to talk about. Uh, Very simple. Uh, Whammo put them on the market in uh, 1957. 100 million sold in just a few months. Yes, 100 million of them. When uh, 100 million of any toys was a lot. Uh, I can remember the hula hoop parties uh, at various teen clubs back in the 60s. And, and, I mean, excuse me. Yeah, 60s and 70s that they were so popular. Another toy which I can tell you that I didn't want it, but I knew a lot of little girls in the area wanted was that Easy Bake Oven. It was first invented in 1963, and I remember when I was about uh, 12 or 13, uh, where a couple of little girls in the area who would brag about getting that particular new one in 1963 which was a bright turquoise color and I would remember the boys saying yuck. had a carrying handle and a fake stove top but it was extremely popular. Uh, Easy Bake Oven was continued. There have been 11 Easy Bake Oven models. Of course little girls loved it because they could prepare little tasty treats. I do remember uh, it being brought over and letting the boys around the neighborhood try out the new fangled Easy-Bake Oven cookies, and they weren't the best in the world, but I, I do remember those particular items. Uh, the company improved it, as I mentioned, 11 times and changed its colors, and still millions are being sold uh, regarding the Easy-Bake Oven. The yo-yo, very popular Christmas item present or stocking stuffer for kids of all ages. We all remember the Duncan yo-yo. But even though you remember that, Did you think that Mr. Duncan invented the yo-yo? No, not actually. Yo-yos are one of the oldest toys in the world, dating back over 2,500 years from ancient Greece. What is the oldest toy? The doll. Yo-yos were first used as weapons 400 years ago with sharp edges. But in 1920, a person by the name of Pedro Flores, a Philippine immigrant, manufactured yo-yos in his small toy factory in California. But Duncan decided to buy the rights in 1929, and he invented the slip string knot. Those of you who remember yo-yos, and I remember playing with them, my kids playing with them. You could do that trick based upon that slip string knot because it would sleep, it would, it would hesitate. That particular, that wouldn't go up and down. From 1929 to 1962, Duncan did promote his his yo-yo and was a great fad in the United States. Over 45 million. Yo-yos were sold, but the company went into bankruptcy because of high cost overruns. But Mr. Duncan was experimenting with parking meters and did a very good business in parking meters. But I hope you remember the yo-yos and all the trips you could do with uh, the cat in the cradle, and of, of course the putting a spin uh, uh, and the making it sleep. It, it uh, you know it took me several years to master the. Uh, couple of tricks using the yo-yos. We talked about the trains, but Lionel Electric trains invented by Mr. Cohen in 1901. Yes, 1901 was the first batteried Lionel train called the Electric Express. And it it made its debut to attract window shoppers, especially ladies, in New York City stores. Everybody wanted one of those trains, both young and old. And uh, the model were richly detailed and the tracks and the trains themselves were made with precision and you know it's a bygone area but everybody wanted one back in the early 1900s but again trains have been on kids Christmas lists for many many years and continue to be one uh, to be passed down by generations I remember my father passing one down to me but also my kids passing their train sets down to their kids and grandkids. Kids in the near future, collectible trains, by the way, cost almost as much as a large SUV. Totally amazing! What another Christmas toy gift that so was extremely popular with kids back in the fifties and sixties, maybe not the seventies and 80s, but jacks and balls in a bag. And, and I remember the red ball with the tin jacks and a suede pouch, and you could. Everybody was loving that particular game, and and, and there were like. Contest and everybody uh, would, would gather around to try to compete to become the, the champion in that particular aspect. But jacks and balls were actually, uh, under, in the original form, played in ancient Greece and Rome and even e- in Egypt. Um, Jackson balls are also known as the, the term jackstones, five stones, or knuckle bones. And, um, again, it's still a popular item for a Christmas stocking stuffer and kids. Okay, this one you will definitely remember your kids or grand kids, and mainly girls, remember the Barbie and the Ken. In 1959, a New York toy store introduced the Barbie doll. And it was invented by Ruth Handler, who is the co-founder of Mattel, whose daughter was known as Barbara. So Barbie was the doll that she made up to debut at this New York toy store in 1959. The doll was designed to be mainly for teenagers. So the rest is history. The reception initially in 1959 by National Tory Buyers was they thought that the baby doll would not sell because it was very unusual and it was only targeted to supposedly teenage girls. But the public decided differently. By 1960, orders started pouring into Mattel and just 10 years, five $500 $500 million dollars in Barbie products were so. Again, it just took 10 years to have almost a half a billion dollars in sales of Barbie products. Barbie uh, began creating according to experts, unrealistic body images in the minds of, of American girls. Uh, a recent study was made that the, the stated Barbie was 11.5 inches tall, would make her 5.9 inches at six scale. Uh, their boyfriend showed up in 1961, the Ken. And another interesting aspect, uh, from 1959 until 1965, Barbie's legs were not bendable. And, of course, the Barbie family tree has many, many characters from Barbie, Ken, Midge, Alan, and many more, a popular uh, doll and toy, and uh, many, many accessories for little girls. Very little boys wanted those, but uh, many of them did play with them. But the Barbie and Ken began in 1959 and still is a tremendous, tremendous hit. Uh, it is said that every second of every day, two Barbie dolls are sold somewhere in the world. Millions and millions. Another popular Christmas toy and gift of the past, and I remember receiving these from my kids, from my, excuse me, my parents and uncles and aunts, were Viewmaster, and the Reels. They date back from 1939. It was very popular with adults and even kids from 1939 where youngsters could view three-dimensional images of the Eiffel Tower and many places in Washington and New York and throughout the world. Later on in the 1950s, they were placed on Reels and by topic, so you could easily get those down for for stocking stuffers, for, for gifts for kids. And Today would probably bore kids to receive them. Kids, your grandkids, as they have, you know, so much electronic viewing via their iPod, their iPads, their their phones, their digital cameras, etc. But back then, they were fantastic. I remember when my parents and uncles and aunts would give me a new collection of pictures using my ViewMaster. I wish I kept it because today that particular uh, reels and ViewMasters are worth a pretty. Any. Remember the marbles, kids having fun with marbles? I remember even, though I'm 60, now I remember when I was younger uh, getting a marble set and getting uh, a number of marbles for Christmas. I would love it. And we and we would, after Christmas, go and play with them and trade with them. And, and uh, there were a big hit of boys. Very little girls enjoyed it, but you know, again, most, mainly boys. They, they played marbles for thousands of years starting out with small bubbles but in 18 interesting enough in 1850, they were made of of, uh, of glass or even marble in the 19 1848 a German glassblower invented this marble scissors a special device to make marbles but it was not until 1890 in Germany that that uh, it was automated and then it came to America just one year later in the 1950s the uh, marble extravaganza Started to explode. And in, in Japan, they created what's known as the popular cat's eye marble by injecting colored glasses into the regular marble, and, and it would swirl. I remember getting a lot of those. The best marbles, of course, got their names the shooter, alleys, etc. And I remember playing marbles. You want them, you lost them, you collect them, and uh, they were a big hit, and they're still a hit, and a likable gift by, uh, for gifts today, but many years ago, they were an extremely popular Christmas story. Remember those roller skates? Many of us received those back in the, the early 60s and 70s, and my kids got, not roller skates, we'll talk about roller blades, the later later invention or evolution of roller, blade, roller skates. Uh, roller skates were actually invented in uh, the 1760s uh, by inventor Joseph Merlin, who his new inventions, metal-wheeled boots at a masquerade party and got the attention of many people there who wanted them. Uh, He made a grand entrance and couldn't figure out how to stop, so he crashed into a mirrored wall at the masquerade party. And they were actually used in 1818 at the premiere of a ballet in Germany. The ballet needed ice skating, but it was impossible to produce ice on stage. So roller skates were used and were tremendous hit at this ballet in this public performance. The first patent for roller skates were invented in 1819, and then it became so popular throughout the world in uh, roller skate rinks in, in large in large cities in Chicago and New York, uh, outdoor sporting event, uh, recreational skating began, competitive skating, outdoor rinks, uh, ballroom skating. Um, they were tremendous hits. And then plastics were designed in the 1960s, so improvements were made. And then the second boom, the marriage of disco and roller skating began. And, and and what we know about that is everybody wanted one back in the 1980s. There were over 7,000 roller discos just in the United States. And later on, roller blades were invented to be used both indoors and outdoors. And with the newfangled high-tech uh, types of rubber and plastic that you could be able to skate and rollerblade throughout the area. One of the last favorite toys, and I remember receiving these, but fascinated by it, was Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs were actually invented in 1916 by by John Lloyd Wright, the son of the famous architect, Frank Lloyd Wright. They were an overnight success. They came, of course, with instructions on how to build two items, Uncle Tom's cabin as well as Lincoln's log cabin. He came up with the idea of interlocking beams and logs from studying the Imperial Hotel in the basement, where? In Tokyo, Japan. The best thing about this uh, about this story is you never got tired of building it. The little boys enjoyed them. Um, you built many, many toys and they withstood a lot of tests for time. I remember also building these and placing those in the backyard and especially during Christmas and Fourth of July to see me firecrackers who would take to blow up the buildings, but it would never destroy the Lincoln Logs itself. It just would, and you would disassemble them and put them back together again. Very popular toy. They're still around. I'm sure more high tech than than normal. Another game, which if you don't remember it, it started out initially slow. Was in 1962. Was the game called Operation? It was invented by a University of Illinois student called George Spinello, who was assigned a project of design a toy. He earned the highest grade in his class with his box-shaped electric toy. It was not a medical doctor game at first, but rather a challenge of steady hand to have a rod, a rod and the openings of a game box without touching the sides. If you touched the sides, it would complete a noise and ring a loud bell. A toy, they liked it so much they said, we'll give you $500 for the rights to this toy, and a, a job at the toy company. Uh, it, it evolved a few years later, became known as Cavity Sam, with the lighted nose, and it was it was designed as a medical, and you would have to pull out various items in Cavity Sam, and if you would not touch the sides, you were a great, you'd be learning to be a great surgeon, and it um, was very popular in the years 1965. Cavity Sam uh, was was uh, a very popular game and years pass that it's still around uh, as operation and it's popular in various colleges and many people still enjoy play both young and old and even online uh, people do play that. And the last toy that I want to talk about is the chemistry set. Many, many boys enjoyed getting those back in the 70s when a company decided to package all these little chemicals so young boys could receive their first chemistry sets to make things and react and. Terrible smells and reactions uh, that would make that little boy or even that little girl become famous chemists in the near future. Uh, I was one of those, and I really loved my chemistry step and kept it for years and years. And wish I'd passed it down for my kids. Back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH. The best of times is now, but slept with some. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, here on AM 1130 KWKH. Thank you for listening to our show today. Join us next Saturday, December the 31st, here on the Best of Times Radio Hour, where I will be discussing and providing you some interesting trivia and facts that you probably did not know. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for a listing of announcements made during today's radio show and for other news and information that you can use. Hope that you'll join us next week. Same time, same station here on AM 1130 KWKH. Please thank our sponsors and advertisers who support this radio show and our news magazine, The Best of Times. Remember to tell your friends to listen to our show next Saturday morning for the news that they can use and information that they might need. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of our January issue of The Best of Times on January the 2nd. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you for listening to our show today. And best wishes to you for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on the Home of the Legends, AM 1130, KWKH. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is KWKH Report.